0: perspective, knowledge, and some fun along the way. This is The Truth on WTMJ. Now, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at The Avenue, here's Dr. Ken Harris. My life, my life, my life,
1: my life in the sunshine. You're listening to The Truth on TMJ. Even though I don't know who's listening to the truth on TMJ because it is Super Bowl Sunday. And I am here on this wonderful Sunday evening. Just just glad to be here. Um Evan, that other Patrick Kane guy are here to harass me and point me in the right direction this evening. Denise would- Thomas is taking a good day even. I
2: would never you harass know? you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what? What? But so it's going to – it's – I'm not going to talk about the game. I'm not going to talk about whether or not – Um. yeah, I just – yeah. Don't want to talk about it. Don't care who wins. I got no dog in that race, even though I'm looking at the – what am I looking at? The, The Westminster puppy, dog, whatever. Kind of thing on Fox sports one. So there are all sorts of things going on this evening. I've got a few really, really good ones that I know Patrick Kane's going to update in the next hour as it relates to the U S shooting down yet another unidentified flying object over Lake Huron. So I don't know if you know, if you don't, I don't know if you're living in a hole or something, but the United States shot down an unidentified object over Lake Huron today. Members of Congress said on Twitter, and the object may have flown over Lake Michigan first. This is the not one, not two, not three, but the fourth time in a week unidentified objects uh, flew over North American airspace and have been shot down. Representative Jack Berman, I'm sorry, Jack Bergman, uh, Republican of Michigan, said, I've been in contact with the Department of Defense. Regarding operations across the Great Lakes region today, the U.S. military has what we're calling decommissioned another object over Lake Huron. I appreciate the decisive action by our fighter pilots. Um, President Joe Biden said the Chinese spy balloon was not a major breach of security, and the Navy is still trying to find out. So we're going through all these things with with this, uh, with the objects that are flying over. And, and it seems to me that when there was an issue, as long as it was okay uh, within, the, within the Democratic Party and it looked like it was one balloon, everything was fine. But then when they found more balloons, the first thing they complained about was, well, this was under somebody else's administration, which is completely and totally irrelevant because it's under your administration today. And it seems that both parties, when it comes down to having done something wrong, they immediately move to the middle, all right? Republicans do it. Democrats do it. They all move to the middle. Well, so-and-so did it, too. Well, no, we're not talking about so-and-so. We're talking about you having done this today. So we let a balloon, not one, but four of them, plus multiple ones that have crossed our space under other... Um, presidencies now seems that everybody has been throwing balloons across us and you know especially China and who knows where they came from who knows if they like now we're going back going well yeah I kind of remember a report from way back when Well, did you know it was China back then and you didn't care or what exactly is it so I'm convinced I'm convinced and I know people will differ with me. I know some people will go, eh, I don't think so. But I I have an issue with it. And with all the contacts with unidentified flying objects. And we know that the U.S. military has already shot down four of them. The latest being over Lake Huron. They pause air traffic over Lake Michigan, created a national defense airspace over the lake like they did over Montana and several other places. So my question to you is, is all this a precursor to war with with China? Old National Bank talking text line is 855-616-1620. Is all of this just a precursor?
3: For war, I mean, I don't know, but I do have some thoughts about it.
1: Because if we're not careful, there are some things that are going on that may implicate uh, China really doing things to overrun America, and we'll and we'll take some look some some looks at it after the break. I said that backwards, didn't I? Anyway, we'll take a look at it uh after the break and and really dive in to what all this looks like. Old National Bank talking text line is 855-616-1620. 1620 I'm Dr. Ken Harris. This is the truth on TMJ.
0: Welcome back to the truth on WTMJ.
1: You're listening to The Truth on TV. I am Dr. Ken Harris. Old National Bank talking text line is 855-616-1620. Here's what I think about China. Here's here's what. By the way, the uh, Super Bowl is going on the score 21-14 with four seconds left to go in the half. Um, Eagles leading. So they're about to attempt a 35-yard field goal, and we'll see if they get it. And if they do, then it'll be 24 14 to be a 10 point lead and they got it. All right, moving on. So here's my question about China. So I've been talking about it. Are we going to go to war with China? I wonder, are we going to go to war with China? Is all this a precursor to what's going on with China and we're going to go to war and if we're going to go to war, shouldn't we be cutting ties with China? 8556161620 is the old national bank talk and text line. Shouldn't we be cutting ties? And if so, what, what exactly do we lose by cutting ties with China? Americans are used to working for more. Americans are used to. Getting paid more. Getting raises. I dare say. And this will sound crazy because I am nowhere near a socialist, not even remotely supportive of the thought. But. In order to beat China, do you think we'll need to limit prices? Do we need to lock in prices? Do we need to lock in prices so that milk and gas and everything doesn't go up? Thus, the price to have employees doesn't go up so that we can manufacture those things here. I mean, look at at the gloves issue, right? During the pandemic, the Obama administration said, hey, well, we don't really need gloves. I know because of national security and medical this and blah, blah, that we need to have X amount of gloves available to all hospitals and emergency rooms and all that. They relaxed those
3: restrictions. So then. They had to what? If they relaxed. it.
1: Restrictions, then they they have to say, "Hey, we're not buying as many. We'll we'll buy a few, you know. We'll keep it or
3: whatever." And then all of a sudden, COVID hits, and from two thousand nine till twenty twenty, we didn't have anything,
1: and we were short on gloves, and now we're stuck. And now COVID hits and we realize our supply chain because Americans love cheap stuff and companies love big profit. Americans were able to buy stuff cheap. And even with the markup feel like it was cheap enough for them to do it. So if you think about places like Walmart, Target, all those places, a lot of things that come from there come from China because they're manufactured dirt cheap. It's almost cheaper to manufacture it in China and ship it here the bill of laden than to actually have it made here because our labor costs too much.
3: And so in order to fix that, we have to what we're going to have to either
1: have a price freeze or a price reduction in order to make sure that we can produce things here. So those things that cost $100 retail, that cost $8 to to make overseas, we'll have to make sure people can afford it here. So we'll need to lower the hourly rate, lower the cost of it, and remove things from China to America. And then once we get it down and get everything going, see we keep saying that China has, has the, the upper hand as it relates to technology and all those things. But one thing we forget is all those things were created here. All those things that China manufactures, and there's a distinct difference between manufacturing and creating. Innovation in China, I think, significantly ebbs and flows on the downward side. However, in America, we excel at it. And so just because they make chips there, we'll we'll start making chips here. Will somebody have to take a hit and make less in order to make chips here so we can pay less? I think that's the ultimate thing we'll do. But then, if we cut off China, what do we lose by cutting off China? China. What do we use? Hit me on the talking text line. Old National Bank talking text line is 855-616-1620. If we shut down, cut all ties with China, what do we actually lose?
0: Welcome back Welcome to The back. Truth on WTMJ. Whose world is this? The world is yours. The world is yours. The smartest, 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 smartest world.
1: You're listening to The Truth on TMJ. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Denise Thomas is taking a much-needed day off. So before the break, we were talking about China and what we got to lose. What are we going to lose if we cut ties with China? What will we lose? Well, I thought about what would happen if we did. Like, like why would we cut ties with China? Well, one of the things that we have to really look at is this. I believe war is imminent with China. Do you know why? Do you have an idea why? I mean, are are, are these balloons a a
3: way to get us to look the other way while They do other things in the world, or is it a or is it a bait and switch, and that their goal is to go after Japan and Taiwan? I don't know. How long would it take for us to
1: respond to? China implementing some type of aggressive action toward America, because I think it's coming. I think they're showing that their their goal, especially with all of the Chinese that are coming through Mexico, coming across the wall, coming into the country illegally. It's only a matter of time before there's some type of disruption on American soil. And I think what's happening is these balloons are giving us the ability to go, hey, what's all this stuff? And we're looking at all this stuff. Meanwhile, China has a larger military than the U.S. They have a larger nuclear arsenal than the U.S. They have a larger space force than the U.S. And I'd say in another four to five years, they'll have more money than the U.S. Is now the time to ramp up? The military, since all these things are larger than the U.S. But I think there's one thing that China doesn't have. I don't think China has the fight. I don't think China has the wherewithal. And just like Russia found out that they thought they had to fight the, the, the fight to overrun this little country and bring them back into the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. Ukraine? And Ukraine has handed them their head. Now, granted, it's only a matter of time before Ukraine falls. Let's let's just be real about this. Russia has not exerted their might because while we're too busy trying to help Ukraine, China is coming through the back door to usurp American technology, ingenuity, all those things. So at so at what point are we going to really wake up and recognize this? After the news, what we're gonna do is Take a look at, how how can I say this? We're going to take a look at what if. What if China had a war with America? What would that look like? And then we'll look at the aftermath. What if China won? I don't know, Mandarin? Or... What's the other language? It's Mandarin and and there's another one. I guess I'd have to choose. Depends on where I'm from, right? That's, so so we're going to take a look at that after the news. We're also going to take a look at how America looks during a war with China. We're going to look at things like creature comforts. We're going to look at how America will respond internally because you know there's always that first wave of oh my goodness and everybody panics and then all of a sudden they'll have to regroup but you know like i always say during an argument we can always argue about what's there we can always argue about what we see tonight i think it's important that we look at what's not there Old National Bank talking text line is 855-616-1620. i Dr. Ken Harris. This is The Truth on TMJ.
0: Back to the truth on WTMJ.
1: You're listening to The Truth on TMJ. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. Denise Thomas is off tonight. So we're watching the Halftime show with Rihanna and my good friend, my compadre, my teammate from the WTMJ Breaking News Center
2: Guy. Tells how much I follow this all, yeah. Called
1: Uh Rihanna.
2: Yikes. Beyonce.
1: And I think Rihanna is done because I'm sure this is delayed by a few minutes. She's already on her plane flying to Milwaukee to talk to you. It's coming. It's coming. So, wow. Now, I had a really good joke, but I'm not going to use it because it's it's too, it's too. But my my personal cell phone is literally blowing up because they're like, I have multiple texts of, wait, dot, dot, dot.
2: Shame, what? Shame on <laughs> Wow. Shame. You don't keep up with football? Well, not halftime shows of football. Okay. I guess no. All right. I was, I was gonna say too, with your last discussion, see, mm-hmm. see how I'm p- moving that along. Okay. It's at the door. Okay. I was gonna say the. I was like for, the effect on China with, you know, just for the state of Wisconsin itself. Well, that's exactly what I was gonna that's ask. That's what I was just gonna say. Is yeah. Um, I just like you think of dairy. I realize it's not a huge thing in, in the city of Milwaukee, but you know, selling sure. dairy product. So I mean what, do you, what well, do you mean? You know, dairy. Okay,
1: okay. Patrick, okay. I can't let yeah. you make generalizations yeah. about the city of Milwaukee as if we don't drink dairy products or no. it's not an issue. I'm I'm just I'm just offended, Mr. Kane. No notice he became Mr. Kane. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm offended, Mr. Kane. Yeah. But I but I get your point. So mm-hmm. so you don't live in Milwaukee County, right? No. So how do you think if there was a um, a war with China, right? How would that, how long do you think American society would last? You know. And don't forget,
2: Evan, I'm going to jump to you next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting how it, was, how it was played, I guess, for lack of better expression. How, uh-huh. how it would go about, how they would go about it. No, 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 no. How would it affect American society? Oh, uh,
1: right mm-hmm. now, we're sitting here. Mm-hmm. We know there was something over Lake Huron, yep. and boom, AP kicks in. Right. Everybody kicks in. Yep. Your, you know, your news stuff starts blowing up and says that the U.S. bank. No, no, let me come up with a different one because the such and such bank building has now been bombed in Milwaukee, yep. and people are evacuating and all that. What effect do you think that will have?
2: I'm just as a, from a very small. I'm, I'm in, in the scope of what we would look at, what we're looking at, is a a part of an of the economy in the state of Wisconsin. Just just thinking of it in that sense of the dairy industry in the state of Wisconsin, and how much I mean, China has no dairy industry. Everything that they get is imported, you know, from from Europe, and now it's all contaminated. Now What's what? That? I mean, they just bombed it. Yeah. it's all contaminated
1: I've, now. Now I'm what? Just,
2: I'm just saying it as the effect on on our economy as as it is in the state of wisconsin you know the the volatility that they see mm-hmm. like the new year even right now i'm just saying it not even thinking about what's going on you know in the moment but you know covid restrictions just right. how, how much like the demand even in the sense how right. much that affects our market right you know when, when things go on the lunar new year like i was just saying covid the, with those things going on you know that that just that messes with you know how much you know we can produce essentially. You know, who, do we have a customer for our products? But is that the only? No, no not at all. It just is a that, point a, right. towards what you're saying, just as a, a very small, even a small point mm-hmm. aspect of of everything about this. It's, so, so they would be basically shooting themselves in the foot uh, in a in a by way,
1: cutting off nutrition sure. to their people. Sure. So, Evan, what a, what about mobile phones, laptops, games, you know, microwaves, refrigerators, you know, the stuff we actually use every day.
4: Well, judging a lot of those computer chips and components and stuff do come from China, that would definitely have a huge impact on the U.S. And huge impact when you talk like national debt, too, like the U- China owes a good chunk of the U.S. national debt, so that would be definitely impacted. That could affect our economy big time and probably – Push a lot of cost up unless what you were talking about during the uh, before the news they could put caps in place on goods and services on cost and whatnot. Okay, so here's here's what I'm observing because
1: I'm I'm one of those what's said what's not said. I talked about us being at war, and and I find it interesting at my age versus your age, and I'm sure there's at least at least twenty twenty five thirty years' difference, neither of you really have a grasp on being at war other than Iraq and having lived through vietnam uh, uh, the remnants of Korea, and on and on and on, like you have no no understanding of boots on the ground from China in America like shooting people and blowing stuff up and all that
2: but but I'm just say, I'm almost saying it as what I think is kind of what Evan is was going about too is that just for the sense of what's just going on here or what is going on with, with Ukraine and you know the the restrictions that right. that that we put together and how that affected us in the way in which we're just going to say it it happened I'm I'm not going right. right. you know just just for that sense of saying that how that would affect you know, us move forward. Just but just but from, what from, about from,
1: you? Mm-hmm. There's there's no radio, there's there's no mobile phone, there's no yep. internet, there's no food that like all that's gone. How would that affect you? Like it it sounds like, and, and I, I understand from your generation, you're you're looking at it from a from a disconnected, like third party point Correct. of view. Yep. And and is it is it because there's no reference to go back to? Perhaps. Perhaps,
2: yeah. I see what you're saying. I get you know you. what I mean? Yeah, it's, I get you. I get you.
1: It's significantly more deeper. I mean, Texas, when the, you know, a snowstorm came through Texas, and beep, they were out there. We had, we had 49 states because Texas was gone. Like, if you wanted to take over Texas, that would have been the time to do it. Shut it down. So how do we... Get through that. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Old National Bank Talking Text Line is A556161620. Talking text line will hit it when we come back. You're listening to the truth on TMJ.
0: This is the truth on WTMJ.
1: Like he said, you're listening to the truth on TMJ. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. Old National Bank Talking Text Line is 855-616-1620. Evan and Patrick are hanging around while we talk about this whole China, how it's going to influence us. And so the talk text line says if they would attack our land, I think we would unite like 9 11 or Pearl Harbor. If it was a war over Taiwan, I think it would be a hard sell. Um, do you, do you, well, first of all, I don't know. With the generations we have here today, I'm not sure they would band together. I think they might run and go hide in a closet. And I know that's, that's negative, but I think we've gotten so used to technology and streaming and those types of things. The last time we really saw a war, not 9-11, actually visually saw a war was 1990, 91, Iraqi war, and we embedded journalists. CNN. I remember the radio station in Chicago, 670 WMAQ, actually broadcast the war live 24 hours a day, seven days a week via CNN. And you heard bombs, shooting, people blowing up, journalists reporting. And so, do you think that would happen today? Well, uh 262751 says, again, if they would attack our land, I think we would unite like 9-11 or Pearl Harbor. If it was a war between Taiwan, I think it would be a hard sell. Patrick Kane, your thoughts?
2: I think there's a lot of in in as you're mentioning it like with, with phones and there is. I mean, can not, you do without your technology yeah, during a war? There is a <laughs> it's hard to say it. There is a dependency on the people on well, on China. But what about you? Well, I mean, it's can you do without? Be interesting. Your phone, your car. Yes. Hey, <laughs> I could find a way. I'd find a way. Hey, really? Roads, roads take you places. You know, whatever. And but I mean, just in the sense of, I'd say myself. I mean, it's I. I've, I've been around. I've been alive. You know, essentially to say that I've been well, not. I've been alive only about long enough to say that everything has kind of been just made in China, made in China, made in China. Just, just not even talking about war, the dependency side of it. You know, I'm not saying we should be dependent, but but we can overcome yeah. that because
1: we've overcome it before. Yeah, I think as as things began to be more expensive, people expected to not have to pay that much, so they expected to go to China and get it. Taiwan is a ally of ours and just like we're supporting Ukraine I, I see the pushback to Ukraine right if you go fight in Ukraine Russia's right there all you need is one tip and then we're we're in World War Three. I don't know if we could assist Taiwan in any way but I think Talking text line, 414690 says, this host is a joke. You're not actually entertaining the idea that an army could go boots on the ground in Texas during a two-week ice storm. How do you put those two together? I don't know how we put those. I was using Texas as an example of when something happens. The infrastructure in Texas fell apart because they have their own electric grid. They have their own everything. And I knew people that lived there where literally the entire state of Texas shut down. They didn't have salt. They didn't have sand. They didn't have anything. They literally had to wait out a storm. People died. Because somewhere they weren't prepared. So am I saying an an army could go boots on the ground in Texas during a two-week ice storm? Yes. If you can go in-country in Iraq and fight in 105-degree weather,
3: yes, I would think you could. That's what they're trained for. Or maybe I'm wrong. Old National Bank talking text line is
1: 855 616 Are you willing to give up creature comforts? to (laughs) win one for old glory.
0: Welcome back to the truth on WTMJ. You're listening to
1: the truth on TMJ. Old National Bank talking text line is 855-616-1620. Hi, Ken. There was a recent, uh, Quinnipiac poll uh, asking folks that question. If faced with a war like Ukraine, would you stay fight or flee? The breakdown (laughs) was scary. So here's the deal. I hope people understand fight or flight is a theory. It has never been proven because no one is actually there. You know what I'm saying? No one is actually there when you make the decision to fight or flee. So they only can go with what you said when everything was over. So I don't know. So the Washington Times has a poll. And let me see who sent me that poll. uh, 262-424. Thank you for that. Uh, They did also add, and I guess I should read this before I go to the poll. The people answering the poll had nothing to lose by lying to the pollster. Well, we all know that. Yeah, that's that's true. That's, that's, that's definitely true. Uh, the people answering the poll had nothing to lose by lying to the pollsters and say they were more brave than they really were. Why would you think that? Why would you think those were the people lying? Wouldn't you think the people that were lying are the ones that said they would leave, not understanding that they couldn't get out anyway? Anyway, so among the eighty sixty eight percent are a lot of folks who might say they would fight but really would flee that's everybody you just you just have to make that decision at the last minute you just you just have to make that decision when things happen and when um all heck breaks loose and then what do you do I don't know. I would think people would stay. But anyway, to the poll. There was a poll, Washington Times. If U.S. were attacked, 38% say they would what? They would flee. An attack on U.S. homeland would bring out the fight in most Americans. Now, this is from Tuesday, March 8th, 2022, when there's really nothing going on. All right, An attack on U.S. homeland would bring out the fight in most Americans, according to a new poll, but a surprisingly large percentage said they would flee. A Quinnipiac University poll released asked Americans what they would do if they were in the same position as Ukrainians are now, stay and fight or leave. Well, a majority, 55%, say they would stay and fight. While well, 38% said they would leave the country according to the poll. And according to those who say they will stay and fight, more of them are Republicans. But we don't know. So the poll revealed that 68 of Republicans would stay and fight compared to 57% of independents and 40% of Democrats. Now, it's weird because I've talked to a lot of Democrats and all they do is poo-poo America anyway. All they do is complain about why it's not bad and why everybody's better than us and why it's so horrible here. So my question is, why are you here? Canada's right there. They got a balloon problem right now, but Canada's right there. And the Republicans that are that are so high and mighty to fight for the country, aren't these the ones that want their kids to get the deferment because they went to college? So I I think that's an old saying of, People talking out of both sides of their face. When confronted with a terrible hypothetical that would put them in the shoes of the Ukrainians, Americans say they would stand and fight rather than seek safety in another country. Another 79% would stay, would, would support a U.S. military response to Russian President Vladimir Putin who went beyond Ukraine and attacked a NATO country. But here's the kicker. Do you think NATO would support us? Do you actually think NATO,
3: if we were under war, would actually come help us?
1: Old National Bank talking text line is 855-616-1620. Uh, we'll go back to that, and we've got some comments here, and we'll be back. 855 616 620, you're listening to Dr. Ken Harris. This is The Truth on TMJ.
0: Perspective, knowledge, and some fun along the way. This is The Truth on WTMJ. Now, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at The Avenue, here's Dr. Ken Harris.
4: My life, my life, my life,
1: my life. You're listening to The Truth on TMJ. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, like me, get old. (laughs) I I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist it. I could not resist it. Talking text line, 414-690 says, If we're having... If we were living in fantasy land and a ground war in the U.S. was a real thing, what makes you think that that's a fantasy that people would not, especially China, would not come over
3: here and actually start a war? Like, what makes you think that? What makes you think? Anyway,
1: fight or flight wouldn't be an option. Civilians would be evacuated from any active combat zone to go where and how? 500,000 people in Milwaukee, where are they going? Like, where are you evacuating people to? Like, where would you like
3: what? Up north? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't, I don't, yeah. Evacuate?
1: Where? Like, who's supposed to take us? Who's supposed to drive the buses? Who's supposed to get us? Like, there there are no shelters. We've bombed, so homes are torn down. There are no air raid shelters in Wisconsin that aren't for You know, that that are for civilians, state legislature, um, politicians in Madison, the governor, the cabinet,
3: us? Yeah, we're just done. We would not
1: be able to evacuate because if you're. If you're bombing America, I'm pretty sure they would bomb in every region to make sure no matter what American life was disrupted. They went on to say civilians would be evacuated from any active combat zone. Our infrastructure is a thousand times better than Ukraine
3: with people. If we had people. If we had people
1: people we we, i don't i don't know if i would trust these younger generations to step up when it hit the fan if they weren't in the military and do something any more so than i would trust older people my age baby boomers to step up and do something i think if the fight came to your front door if you come to my house we might have an issue and there might be some fighting but to say hey the group of neighbors now let's flip that around would your neighbors actually fight for you? Because I think about the wild counties and the suburbs where people can be together and kind of spread out. Are you ready? Are you actually ready for a fight? And, and if I flee from the city of Milwaukee to your suburb, are you going to welcome me or are you going to turn me away? Or am I going to get shot? suspected looter who knows all these things have to be taken into into consideration and i and, and i believe emergency management for wisconsin milwaukee county and fema the federal emergency management agency have plans for this i would i would hope they actually had plans for this So if a war breaks out in America, if there are bombs that land in Milwaukee and the surrounding area, where would you go? If our infrastructure is a thousand percent better than Ukraine, if civilians would be evacuated by any active combat zone. Where would they go? Oh, national bank talking text line is 855-616-1620 I'm
0: intrigued where exactly would you run welcome back to the truth on WTMJ
1: You're listening to The Truth on TMJ. Whole National Bank Talk. Text line is 855 five five six one six one six twenty. I don't think we have the infrastructure to evacuate people. I had an argument with a friend of mine earlier. Yes, argument. <laughs> and the more I think about it, I think the reason why we don't have the infrastructure is that people won't respond. I think they'll panic. And I think it'll take about three or four days before we start to go, you know what? Maybe we need to fight back, right? It'll take seeing family members injured. It'll take seeing um, problems exacerbate. And then we'll go, hey, what it'll really take is someone threatening our children and our way of life. And I think that would be the catalyst for Americans to turn around and wake up and say, Hey, I think we need to really consider banding together, getting together, and really
3: doing it. All right. On to other things. So, I came across a story today
1: uh, (laughs) that kind of made me laugh because I I thought we were were okay with it. I thought, you know, life was good as we know it. But evidently, it's not. Evidently. Um, So during the football game today, the Black National Anthem, was sung. You know, we sung America the Beautiful and all the other, yeah, all that, right? So is there an issue with singing the Black National Anthem? And I know there's only one National Anthem, and I guess you, I guess it's loosely called the
3: Black National Anthem. When in fact, it's,
1: I don't know what you would call it if you don't call it the Black National Anthem,
3: but it doesn't usurp
1: our national anthem like it's still the national anthem. I find it incredulous when people decide that their way of thinking and what they think is right is right and everybody else is wrong. I think that some of the issues we have regarding race in America, in Wisconsin, about, about looking at the fact that Different is okay. It's not going to, you're not going to lose anything. But I see this, this, this vitriol. Oh my God, we live in America. Why can't we do it? It's wokeism. That song's been around for at least 50 years. You didn't care about it then. Why care about it now? It's not going to usurp anything. You're not going to lose anything. Acknowledging what happened to black people and acknowledging what happened in America will not make you lose anything. But for
3: some reason, can somebody help me understand that? When black people ask for equity, authenticity, honesty, does
1: it always have to be from your perspective? Are you always the one that's right? And I'm talking to white Wisconsin.
3: But then people would get upset. Well, you we have to talk to white Wisconsin. Black isn't less. It's not worst. It's
1: different. It's a different culture. And just like we embrace Sicilian culture and Italian culture and German culture, high German, low German, Polish. We have ours too. We didn't create race. We did not create this social construct. We call race. White people did. And then when we embrace it, it changes. And that's part of the issue. You set a line Society sets a line. This is what's right. This is what's wrong. This is right. This is wrong. And then when we meet it, it changes. Oh, well, actually, it's not really that. It's this. And the pushback is you get tired. Why do we have to have a Black History Month? To remind people simply of the things that we've done. We've got German history, we've got Italian, and on and on and on. I don't care. I think it's great. I think to embrace the differences of Milwaukee, of Wisconsin, of America is great. The issue I have is it being from the perspective of people who do not share the ethnicity, share the culture. So stop telling black people what's right or wrong about what they do or say. Stop saying that that language that's used is lazy, Or coming up with reasons why something isn't when you have no data, no connection, no personal relationship with anybody
3: in that instance. Black people have had to code switch.
1: For hundreds of years, we've had to dress, act, talk, walk, write the way a whole entire group of people said. This is the right way, your way is wrong. We've listened to other people be able to use sub-language in their communities, sub-languages in Poland and Germany and Italian, and it's perfectly fine. But when black people do it, it's lazy speaking. To a white person, it's an accent. To a black person, it's lazy talk. That, That doesn't make any sense to me. We have our own sublanguage. Linguists tried to call it Ebonics. Black and white linguists agreed. There's a sub-language that we speak, just like Creole. The difference between Haitian Creole and Louisiana Creole. Sub-languages. It's not wrong. It's just the language that they speak. And instead of embracing the fact that other people can do that, we want to whitewash everything and make everything what white America says it should be. But yet we call ourselves a melting pot. I think that's part of the problem. We're not a melting pot. We're patchwork. We get to live with each other, talk to each other, breathe with each other, have fun, have our kids play with each other, get married to each other, grow, expand our horizons, our country, choose to go and be wealthy choose to become anything you want to become in this country. And out of all the bad things that have been done to black America, of all the negative things that want to be pushed under a rug and tossed aside and pretend like it didn't happen, telling us we should get over it, but you'd never say that to the Jewish community that they should get over the Holocaust. You would never say get over World War II and all those GIs that died or Vietnam,
3: you would never tell them to get over it. Why do we have to get over it? Because we have to realize we're at the precipice of war.
1: And if you really want to get rid of race, you really want to, Get rid of all these divisions we have. I hope to God we don't have to use war with China to do it.
0: Welcome back to the truth on WTMJ.
1: You're listening to the truth on T.M.J. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. Denise Thomas is taking a well-deserved evening off on a Sunday night, Super Bowl night. I think the score is 27-21. Um, Eagles. Um, honestly, I don't really care who wins. Patrick Mahomes. I don't. I don't. I don't really care who wins, though. Patrick Mahomes. Okay. All right uh old national bank talking text line is A 1620 before the break we were talking about the black national anthem and how it was played and people took to twitter and blew it up and oh my god it's terrible the world's going to come to an end oh then so my question is when is all the black stuff going to end and everything goes back to be predominantly white you know, George, George Floyd changed a lot of that stuff and changed the perspective. And now we're doing all the diversity and inclusion. And I know people, maybe in the coming weeks, we'll, we'll talk about how you really feel about diversity and inclusion, what you really think about it, what it really is, what it's supposed to be, and why you're not going to lose anything by actually recognizing that other people don't have to act. I wouldn't say act to a degree. They don't have to act, think, walk, and talk like you and vice versa, because there's a lot of things that black America needs to understand about human nature. That some things we look at as being racist really isn't some of its fear. Some of it's, some of it's anger some of its experience when when family members have been victimized by certain people, right? My grandmother, God rest her soul <sighs> on my, my my matriarchal grandmother,
3: born in Alabama in nineteen oh three,
1: hated white people. But I understand why. She lived through the Depression. She lived through the Civil Rights Movement. She died at 97 years old. That's a long time to be alive. That's a long time to witness a lot of bad that happened to you and your family. And one of the reasons why they migrated north was because of being run out of town. And so that can generate hate, just like a family member being a victim
3: of a black person and now hating all black people. So then how do you fix that? I don't know. I think it'll start with some talking and sharing
1: and, just being, but what I have found is that when people get to know each other, it's amazing differences tend to evaporate. Like when you know people personally, when you actually sit and have a real conversation with people, they're as scared as the next person. They're as scared about their children, scared about, you know, and it's irrational fear. It's irrational. Irrational. And until we fix it, we're gonna keep having this problem over and over. But I tell you, if China attacks America, you ain't gotta worry about that no more. Everybody will be together. Every <laughs> everybody will be here. And so, when we come back from the break, I want I want to look at the perfect storm that's gonna set up the main issues we're gonna have with China. I've got I've got I've got four things. That if they occur, it's going to create the absolute perfect storm for Americans in 2023.
0: Back to the truth on WTMJ.
1: You're listening to The Truth on TMJ. I'm Dr. Ken Harris, 855 Old National Bank, talking text line. Remember, Old National Bank, get old. So, I got like four things that I think are going to be um, instrumental in creating a perfect storm for the implementation of
3: a war with China. Number
1: one. Cause I got, I got notes. I got lots and lots and lots, and lots of notes. Number one, we, we, we have a debt crisis going on, right? We have a debt crisis. And so we're about to have a debt default And we're talking about raising the debt ceiling. The amount of money the U.S. government can borrow to pay its bills on time. And that means that corporate America has to be ready for the absolute worst. And so the CEO of the second largest bank in America, Bank of America, told CNN, this is from CNN.com, that he hopes lawmakers resolve their issues because the market and the economy love stability, yet defaulting on the country's debt. Remains a possibility that cannot be ignored. Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan told Pepe Harlow on CNN this morning, we have to be prepared for that, not only in this country, but in other countries around the world. You hope it doesn't happen, but hope is not a
3: strategy, so you prepare for it. The latest drama
1: about the debt ceiling has led to some calls for government to get rid of it entirely. And the argument is that political squabbles shouldn't prevent the U.S. from meeting its financial obligations. Well, Moynihan isn't a fan of that idea. He told Harlow that there's got to be an argument about how we make sure we live within our means as a country. Congress has the purse strings. I'd be careful about trying to restructure the U.S. Constitution. I think we should leave it alone and make sure it operates correctly. The other thing is, if that occurs, then the recession deepens. If it doesn't occur, I think the recession may deepen. Number three, supply chain issues. Where are we going to get many of our supplies? We'll have to manufacture them here. We can, but those folks in those unions, they're not going to be able to get paid what they get paid today because there are no other materials. You have to take care of it here. And we're not paying you $32 an hour or $50 an hour to do it. You're going to do it on the salary we give you because we're going to have to put a ceiling on it so that we can make it cost-effective for American citizens. So you may not get paid as much, but you may not be paying as much as well. Does that go against capitalist ideals? Yes. Does it go against free enterprise? Yes. Does it go against economic stability? Yes, it does. But if we don't do it, we really won't have to worry about supply chain issues because the recession is going to deepen. We'll have debt default. And then China would then have to commit an act of war for all of this to fall into place.
3: I have my money on
1: Taiwan and Japan. I believe that that Pacific Rim, that Asian Pacific Rim, is is on the precipice of Award. Now, if I'm China, I'm also going to say, hey, I may as well flex even more. And there's only two other countries in the South Pacific that America will undoubtedly help no matter what. And so I think that may be where our good friends from China go first. You know where I think that is? Australia and New Zealand. They're just far enough away for it to take us about a week to get there. Even though we've got ships at, at Pearl and I'm sure we've got ships in the South Pacific. You're talking about a week's worth of
3: 50, 60, not driving your boat to get there. And then what?
1: Their Navy isn't big enough. They're a part of NATO. What's going
3: to happen? So I think if these things come together, if these four things, debt default, the recession deepens,
1: then we have supply chain issues and China commits an act of war against a country in the Asian Pacific or South Pacific, I think America is in for a world of hurt. Your thoughts, Old Old National Bank, talking text line is a five five-six one six one six twenty. What what are your thoughts?
3: Is this going to make America step
1: up and do what's right? We're spending so much time. In social issues, that we're
3: missing the fact that we're almost at war. We're missing the fact that
1: both sides of the aisle are going too far.
3: I think getting rid of Some of the things we're doing as it relates to changing education, getting rid of
1: voucher systems like they're trying to do in um, Arizona, that will only affect poor kids. Like not understanding that if you're taking money to send a kid to a, to a, to a voucher school or a private school saying that that school that's public doesn't have the resources. Well, they don't have the kid either. And I've never understood that. Oh, national bank talking Tech line is a 616 How do you see a perfect storm
0: affecting America? This is the truth on WTMJ.
1: I'm Dr. Ken Harris, Sunday night, truth on TMJ, the Chiefs just went up 35-27, so, yeah, I'm happy. Okay. (laughs) Evan said, I thought you didn't care. I said, I'm happy. I still don't, I'm still not getting paid. I mean, I would be ecstatic if they were actually, if I was, you know, getting paid for it, but... eh. I don't even get a ring. See, I should go run to Phoenix and work for them for like an hour. Like, well, no, there's only like 11, like nine minutes left. So I don't, I don't know if that will work. Can I get there in nine minutes? Yeah, I can get there in nine minutes and then I could work for them and then I'll get a ring. I like hand somebody a couple of Gatorade or something. There you go. Okay. I work for you. Right. Okay. I get a ring. Right. And then I got to run across the field and work for the other team and hand them somebody at Gatorade so I can work for both teams. So whoever wins, I get a ring. And that's not working at all. So, okay. Old National Bank talking text line is 855 616 1620. I think that we have to be hypersensitive to. What's going on in America today? These balloons are not accidental. We have a generation of young folks who tend to dismiss those things or they just don't want to talk about it. I've had conversations where people have actually said they don't watch the news because it depresses them or they don't. They don't. They literally don't want to know what's going on. There's a balloon on the other side of the lake that's collecting intelligence that's now at the bottom of Lake Huron. That when they get it and check it and see what's going on with it, who knows what they'll find?
3: Who knows? We have to be careful but we also have to be ready.
1: We have to be careful, we have to be ready, we have to make sure that we're on the defense. And in in order to do so, we have to be
3: ready for negative things to happen. Am I scared? No. Am I cautious?
1: Absolutely. Most definitely, I am definitely cautious. I am I am definitely looking at what can happen if things go awry and we're
3: we're 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 stuck. in a war with China.
1: 8556161620 Old National Bank talking text line. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to the truth on WTMJ. Purple, away, purple away. What's Evan
1: got to do with pro football? He's playing all the halftime uh, artists that have played for uh, I haven't heard any Michael Jackson.
4: Please don't play any Michael Jackson. Well, actually, that was my original plan was to do the halftime show performers, no, 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 but no. then I changed my mind after please, you please, no. talked about the game to start the show. I'm like, yeah, I might want an Audible. Yeah, don't, don't, don't play Michael Jackson. No, Michael. No, Michael. Thank you. Hey, I've been uh, going through the uh,
1: local news wire, the news uh, information. Unfortunately, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Racing Kenosha Counties is going to close. And that is an unfortunate thing hearing. The board of directors say they don't have the money to continue operating. This is, I believe this is from Fox 6 um, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. A program that serves the children of Racine and Kenosha for more than 50 years is closing its doors. The board of directors of the boys, I'm sorry, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Racine and Kenosha counties announced the program is ending. The nonprofit faced a budget shortfall over the last few years and its annual grants were cut by more than $120,000. And so despite making significant budget cuts, they said they simply do not have the money to continue operating board president. Robert Tatum said the pandemic significantly hurt their organization. Tatum said the uh, following COVID, like many other small nonprofits, we ran into financial issues. Sure. There are COVID funds and PPP loans that sustained us for a while, but many of us have been struggling to bounce back from that. So the board is working with other nonprofits. They've got 20 littles, um, little brothers and little sisters that currently serve.
4: Unfortunately, their last day is February 28th. I'm going to say that's very sad to hear. you know, I work in the Racine community, and I actually at one point before I started uh, as a AmeriCorps VISTA volunteer for a year after college, and I worked very closely with Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and it's sad to see them go. Yeah. The people that I'm sure the board's different than when I worked with them, but they're very passionate about trying to help the young people in the Kenosha and Racine area. I know they recently moved to the same building as the Boys and Girls Club in Kenosha as a cost-cutting measure, and unfortunately, they're ceasing operations. But you know one of the things we have to remember is
1: it really doesn't come down to passion it actually has to include two other things you know commitment to reaching those goals which they what they which they've been doing they've been putting little's through for 50 years making sure they became productive citizens right so it's not just the passion it's actually the work And reaching those goals. But then that third prong is money.
4: Yeah, I know they used to do a lot of fundraising prior to the pandemic, like bowling, uh, uh, ways to raise money that way and other avenues and a lot of those fundraising techniques because of not being able to do anything um, with COVID initially. I don't think they ever got back to doing those fundraisers that they yeah. used to always yeah. do because were, people weren't really in demand for it anymore. And it's a phenomenal organization—big brothers, agree.
1: big sisters, boys and girls clubs. Um, you know, we have a lot of of well-deserving workers and volunteers who give their hours, their time, their money, their commitment to making sure—not—not not just you know, poor kids. But all kids have a chance and an opportunity to become great. and we've got people all over the world that have that have uh, big brothers, big sisters, uh, boys and girls clubs that have become great you know Denzel Washington and you know people of that caliber that have come through the clubs and and really become what they.
3: Believed to be the best of themselves, and so I, I think I think it's great.
1: I think it's great. I, I think um, we'll have to retool. Maybe they'll be back. You know, maybe they'll close down and retool and recharter and come back and really help the racing Kenosha community um, support those kids. And so if in the future, if you ever have an opportunity to support nonprofits who are, who are doing the work, have the numbers, the commitment, have reached their goals, and have created an environment for kids to be able to become great, those organizations have done it. And now before I go, I want to um, take some time to ask you to pray for the family of uh Peter Jering his funeral is tomorrow and and um it's important that that we remember the life and honor this officer tomorrow officer Peter Jering who was killed a Milwaukee police officer as you may know I am a Retired police lieutenant from the city of Milwaukee, and I ask that you would pray for the men and women, the police officers, the firefighters, EMTs, nurses, medical docs, everybody who's a first responder. Um,
3: Let's make sure that they are prayed for. Have a good night.